What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats on the Out of Collective Network. My name is John Kroom. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit the subscribe button, leave us a review. It helps us out quite a bit. This week, we're going to dive into an episode with Paige Kasanaki. Um, she writes for ButcherBox. We sit down and we chat about how she's been reviewing people's resumes and helping them get on teams, low-level um, athletes, I guess, Cat 3 and below. And she's been helping them get on teams and help get support so they can make a financial, uh, get, kind of get some financial backing to race. But anyways, enough of me chatting. Let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. But first, let's hear a quick message from the sponsors. First, back for another episode is Rumple. Guys, if you haven't already, please make sure you go check out Rumple. Um, Rumple is like blankets and towels and all that cool stuff. Got it packed up in the van. So go to rumple.com to check that out. Uh, that's rumple.com. Link down in the description below. Also, back for another episode is Mammoth. If you haven't already, please make sure you go check out Mammoth. Mammoth is a company that makes hiking gear, ski gear, all the gear that you need to go out for your adventure. So go to mammoth.com. That's Mammoth. Uh, go down the link in the description below for more. Uh, but other than that, let's dive into this week's episode. It's so fancy, isn't it? Like that, that's a kind of a cool intro. Like it's a it's whole really new. really sick. It's a whole new thing with this StreamYard yeah uh platform but i think it's dope but anyways enough of me gloating <laughs> of how cool the software is that we're using fuck zoom and welcome <laughs> to Streamyard. but uh anyways enough of that um we're sitting here with Paige kasaneki which i just i think i borderline butchered that no but she, you so far it. so far so good yeah. um she rides for butcher box she uh or used to ride for butcher box i don't know what next year's looking like hopefully we'll find out here in a second but uh, yeah, she, you know, I've seen her through Instagram and through all the racing that she's done. And we've gone back and forth and honestly have become pretty good friends and just chatting. We've uh, we've posted our own like feels on the Instagram. And I think we've felt the feels in the sense of uh, just the sports fucking hard. The images mm -hmm. are, are hard and the, the standards that we have to hold ourselves to are hard. And so anyways, one thing that I really got you on here for was because of the resume builder that you did, which we'll dive into here shortly. But first, who the fuck is Paige? Who is Paige? Like, where does she come from? What's your background? Well, first, I want to say that I loved your intro, and I think it could be longer. I was kind of starting to get into the groove. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a thing. Isn't it? A little bit, and it just wasn't. And then all of a sudden, boom, it was gone. And so I think yeah. you can even add a little bit more onto it. Yeah, um, I just think that like me on that car for that long. See, for people that listen, they don't yeah. they don't get to see the the John in the van bouncing up and down, but the people on YouTube do. Um, yeah. And then so it's like one or the other. It's like they get too bored listening to it, or they get too bored watching me bounce in a van. Fuck them. <laughs> just, just send this it. This is your. This is the John Croom podcast. This is your. It podcast. is. It is my podcast, and I just kind of have to run with it. But yeah. But anyways, well, yeah. Tell page. us. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a bit about you. Like, how do you find yourself in cycling? It's funny because, like, in cycling, and I, I don't know how long you've been in it, but you start to realize, like, people just pop up out of nowhere and start racing, and they they have this whole brand and this whole like life behind them and whatever else. And I kind of feel like that about you. It's like you just kind of popped up and you were, you were here, you were, you were doing the, the bike thing. So how do you find yourself racing crits all over the country with a pretty, pretty, pretty decent team, like pretty well-renowned yes. team? 
Uh, so I was living and going to school in New York City. I went to NYU and uh, I got really into weightlifting and I wanted to be a competitive power lifter and I really hurt my mm. shoulder. I like mm. put it all the way into my back doing like an overhead press. I had like really big delts, but I didn't realize like all the muscles on the inside, the rotator cuff, those little friends. I didn't know yeah. how to strengthen those ones. So I just uh. thought because I looked super strong, I was and I, and I was not. Yeah. So I had to get a pretty intense surgery on my shoulder. And during that recovery period, I was in a sling for like a month. And I just sat on the spin bike for hours and felt sorry for myself. But then mm -hmm. I was like, you know, you used to ride your bike outside with your dad, you know, and then, mm -hmm. you know, on your own too. And you really enjoyed that. And, and I know that NYU had a cycling team. I was like, man, and I miss being outside. I was a horseback rider for my whole life before I moved to the city. So I was like, I think I'm going to get a bike when I'm out of the sling. And I did. And I learned how to ride a road bike around New York City. And I would go to Central Park at like 4 a.m. because there was like no traffic so yeah. early in the morning on the weekends. So it's like me and the packs of raccoons that kind of maraud. Uh, that <laughs> yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> I joined the team and I never had ridden, I had never ridden with people ever because I also worked. Yeah in restaurants and in gyms, in addition to going to school. So I missed all the group rides on the weekends and all that. So that my first time riding with people was, uh, what was it? it was the Philadelphia, um, I think they just called the Philadelphia Flyer. It, there was a bike race like right around in front of the museum or something. So your, your first time riding around people was in a bike race. Yeah. And this is the best oh, part. Okay. You know, uh, collegiate has like A, B, C, D, like the different categories. Yeah. Uh, and so D was basically like cat four, cat five. Right. And I was told, I'm like, oh, there's going to be like three women, you and two other chicks. Like, you'll be totally fine. It's going to be small. I was so afraid to be near people. And I get there and they had opened up that field uh, to general women too. So it wasn't just collegiate. It was like, it was basically cats, threes, fours. There wasn't a cat five at that point. Uh, and it was 60 people. Oh, Jesus. And for a while, that was my biggest race because the women's fields, even at the pro level, are kind of small. Uh, yeah. So I got third after almost dropping off a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Why would you? Why were you almost dropping off? Just like positioning. I didn't want to be like, near people. It was terrifying. Yeah. I had never ridden that close to people, um, and it was just terrifying. Like, and they had like a, a guy in the race who kind of rode with the group, like a supervisor almost. It was very low level, just a ton of people. And he was encouraging me and he was like, oh, the group is right there. Like, keep pushing, keep pushing. And, and then, you know, as it got faster towards the end, people just started like flying off. But I was, I was there and I didn't know, I didn't know anything about a sprint how the oh, wow. strategy of that, nothing. And so the girls kind of schooled me, but yeah, I ended up getting third. And then I was, that was it. I was like, this is the best thing ever. The adrenaline rush. I'm like, I yeah. want to do this. So I had a pretty good collegiate season and that's how I got into it. Yeah. And so like, but how do you end up? And so was it just like emailing teams or like, how did you end up finding yourself on like one of the bigger crit teams in the country? Mm, it was just, it was slow. It was stepping up each rung of the ladder, basically. So I graduate NYU. I live with my grandparents in Long Island for a little bit, uh, just kind of deciding whether or not I wanted to try to live in New York City uh, yeah. after school or live in Virginia, where I'm from. And I decided to go back to Virginia. 
Uh, and how did I even find, I think I must've just been like cycling clubs in Virginia. I think that's, I, I, I can't even remember now. That's funny how I even found it, but, uh, there's the Charlottesville racing club and they had a little bike team on the side that's sponsored by blue, blue Ridge cyclery. Uh, and so I was like, man, I, I want to, I want to race with you. Yeah. They're like, sure. And so I raced a bunch and back, you know, man, there is just no more racing in Virginia. Hardly, hardly any. Uh, it is. So what, then, what year is that? Like what year is it? There was a ton of racing and it wasn't just Virginia. It was what we call Mabra. So mid Atlantic yeah, yeah, I'm familiar bicycle with that. racing association. Right. So that's Maryland. Yeah. That's DC, a little bit of Delaware. And then Virginia is its own thing. And then you get into like the Southeast. So. Well, uh, it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. Like hearing you say that, like, 2017 there was a shit ton of bike racing like mm -hmm. you want to talk about a shit ton of bike racing like talk about 2014 and then you want to talk about even more bike racing mm -hmm. it's like it's been like this slow decline but anyways we'll, we'll dive into that another another time but yeah yeah so mabra 2017 your mm -hmm. race in blue ridge cyclery what's that mm -hmm. like yeah. And I was just having so much fun and I'm trying all kinds of things. I'm doing crits. I'm doing stage races, time trials. I'm just doing all the different events, all the different disciplines. Um, and I remember thinking like, oh, I'm not very good at sprinting. I want to be like a time trialist. It seemed like the deadlift of cycling disciplines for me because it's just like pure test of strength. And that yeah. I saw that really appealing. I didn't know anything about aerodynamics and all the other technical that plays the stuff. Yeah, that plays a huge part. Yeah. I just thought it was like brute strength, right? Uh, and then I did a couple races where uh, I was doing well sprinting and things like that. And so I was like, oh, maybe I want to be a sprinter. Um, I kind of learned to just not put myself in a box at all because I feel like that really limits you mentally. And absolutely from I, like I, I when that. i go to a race i'm whatever bike racer i need to be for that race specifically i decide on the day what kind of yeah. bike racer i'm gonna be um but yeah and so so then 2018 i was like man i want to be on a little bit more of a serious squad like this club is really fun but it's more of a club they go to racing but they they aren't as serious about it they don't really travel so there was um uh, an elite women's racing team that formed in the Mabra area called NSMI. It was like after like a healthcare, it was like after a hospital, I think. And um, it was just me and some, you know, really uh, some older, really experienced women from the Maryland area. And they traveled a little bit more. And so that's when I, I did some speed week that year. Oh yeah. Uh, I did benchmark. <sighs> I missed that race, but golly, it is hard up in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, and I, so I started doing these races and getting my teeth kicked in, absolutely getting my teeth kicked in. Cause I had not been racing for very long, but there's really no middle ground, right? I'm either going to be at home with 10 other women or yeah. I'm going to go do a professional race. There's not a whole lot of in between for us. Right. For sure. And so I was like, baptism by fire. Fuck it. Like, let's do it. You know? And I was like, you know, I'm going to get all my teeth kicked out of my face and then when i put in like a steel pair of dentures like i thought it was gonna <laughs> yeah. be basically that easy right yeah i'm just let me just get everything bashed out and then i can replace it right away and so 2019 i was like now we're gonna get serious now yeah. now it's the big time so wolf pack was like you know we'll help get you some more experience um on these pro races you know i was like i need some development they were like say less come on 
And so I started racing for them. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of the newer riders wanted to travel a bunch. And then the other half of the team were folks from Texas where um, the team was based out of. Yeah. So half the team didn't want to really travel. The other half did. Um, and, and the half that ended up wanting to travel, we were actually a little bit on our own for, for that year. Um, and so it felt like more pressure. It didn't really feel like a development opportunity anymore. Now it was like, I'm with these other experienced girls who are like, we're going to strategize and try to get results. And I didn't even really know how to do that just yet because I'm just trying to survive in the race at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I get now you. I'm also like, now you got to do good too. Right. So now yeah. I'm trying to do all these things and I would just get paralyzed. I would just be at the back tail gunning, uh, and, you know, burning all of my matches, just trying to hang on, uh, and, and getting dropped a bunch at, and like only lasting like 20 minutes. And I was like, man, like, this is terrible. I wasn't having fun. And uh, I did not, was not offered a contract with Wolfpack at the end of that season and could not find another team. Um, after that, I had what seemed like a lot of really good leads, nothing panned out. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to race alone. Um, and then the pandemic happened, but I was kind of relieved. I was like, I wasn't excited about racing. There was something deeper than that. It wasn't just that I had no team. It, it felt like something deeper. Um, and I had a lot of time to reflect in 2020. And I realized that I was spending the better part of my life, almost like 10 years, just in what I thought was, uh, a period with, points of depression it was really just a period of depression with very severe low points oh, uh, shit. Was, yeah and i'm like you are not happy yeah. um in any sense of the word uh and i just felt like my spirit was really heavy and so i spent all of 2020 just doing exactly what i wanted to do like like riding my ass off huge hours. We, I went to this little gym. It was always me and like five, five other people in there. Uh, yeah. And just kind of figuring out what I wanted out of life in general, like what sparks joy within me. Uh, and then I convinced butcher box with almost no results or anything to my name that I would be an asset to the team. I be, what I did was I create, I wrote, I wrote all this down. I wrote down like a character that I wanted to be. Like if I could make myself into a really talented bike racer, I want to have A, B, C, D, and E. I want to have this kind of attitude, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, what I'm was that? Like, like what, that in my head. What I were mean, like, what were some of the key things that you, you used to like sell them on you? Hmm. You know, I forgot that I had written all that down and I wonder if I even have any of that. Oh, you know what one thing I did? Oh, okay. So I wrote this, I wrote this, oh man. I wrote this June 26, 2020. And this was kind of like, and and the very end of this is one of my centering phrases, which I which I talk about a lot. So I still say this to myself on a daily basis especially in racing um, now. And so this was like, this was how I wanted to line up for every race. This is what I wrote down. Each time you line up for a race is special. It is a unique opportunity to show what you are capable of. The pressure of that opportunity will not break you. It will make you great. 
Feeling some anxiety is a good thing. It is your body's reaction to being on the precipice of something exceptional. It will keep you alive, sharp, and hungry. Your appetite to win is ferocious and can only be satiated by a 100% commitment to achieving that result. You will be uncompromising in your intentions and unrelenting in your pursuit of them. It's nothing you can't handle. You run these streets. It's fucking epic. And so was <laughs> yeah. was was Steve Cullen a part of the team when he when you were sending this shit? No. Mm-mm. See, it would him make and I are good friend, him and I are very good friends now. But like, he I was, was about he was to say at this point, I was about to say it would make so much fucking sense mm-hmm. if Steve Cullen had any bit in reading that. Like, I feel like he would have gotten to precipice or whatever the fuck word you used. Yeah, precipice. Yeah. And he would have been like, yeah, this is her. And then I run these streets. Yeah. He'd have been like, he probably would have called you and like immediately. He'd be like, this is epic. Who the fuck are you? Well, so I have to give credit to two of the lines in here. It's nothing you can't handle is what my mom says to me all the time. And you run these streets was on the back of um, Daniel Ricardo's F1 helmet. He had a badger on it. He posted this helmet like around 2020. And it says, you run these streets. I'm like, fuck yeah, I run. Like, I do run these streets. Like, this is my shit. And so like, I would say this to myself and I've boiled it down to that, to that phrase. So I do this during my warm up and on the start line and during the races. If I feel myself future tripping, which is a vacation in the faraway land of hasn't happened yet. Uh, if I'm feeling myself going on that vacation and getting scared and being nervous, I say, you run these streets, you are shark brained and you run these streets. And then that puts me right back in the moment. Fuck. Puts me right back in the moment because you, that's yeah. all you have is this moment. Page five years from now, five days from now, five minutes from now. I don't fucking know her. I don't yeah. know her. Can you imagine, John, worrying about someone you haven't even met yet constantly? That would be Dude, psychotic I, I, if you did that. I feel like I'm so, sort of like this was meant to be. Like I kind of <laughs> needed this. Like I'm I'm so busy fucking worried about what six months, two years, five years down the road. And uh, yeah, instead of living for what's going on and so that being said like when when you when you sent all this shit and you're you're writing all this shit down like how much of it did you hold true like you know what i mean like i i pitch shit to sponsors all the time and like Mm -hmm. i would say that you know 80 percent of the time i hit it and it's like with sponsors they're they're the same you know 80 percent of the time they may hit it Mm -hmm. but like how much do you feel like you hit when you reach out to butcher box well, I, I had glimpses of, of racing like this. I used to do that in 2017 when I was adequately matched in, in the races that I was doing. Right. Yeah. And then I lost all of that when I got, when I jumped up to the pro level and was like, Ooh, it, like too much, too fast. Right. But yeah. that's a lot. That's what happens to a lot of the women. Right. Like, like, because there is no middle ground, we jump up really fast because we're strong, right? But then we yeah. don't have the pack handling skills. We don't have the experience. Like, okay, say so you're a mountain biker. You do have those skills. It's still scary, right? To yeah, be for in sure. that mix. You're not used to that. So, I mean, pack handling in a broader sense, like it's just everything. And so I'm learning how to do that stuff at my A races, which is not good. So, so I knew that I had that within me 
And even in the moments where I'm like, no, you don't, you just keep saying it over and over again, no matter how corny, no matter how much you don't believe it until you drink your own Kool-Aid. It really sure. is like until you make it. Do you know what I mean? And like, no, yeah. I definitely am still growing and still learning. And like uh, every race is challenging in a different way because I have to do this work constantly. If I slip up and, and, and slack for just a little bit, like Tulsa this past year, man, was terrifying as I'm sure like people heard and saw and experienced just in general. Yeah. But like, like I slipped up on a lot of my mantras and, and mental practices. And I just, I really suffered. I like could barely function in those races. And I was like, man, like you need to put fun at the forefront. If you're not enjoying this, it's just not going to work. Um, and, and really hold true to all those practices that you've cultivated. Um, because I mean, it, yeah, it really is constant work. So I think that I've made good, on a lot of what I promised the team. I mean, they signed me for next year, so I'll be racing with them Sick. for a third season, which is really amazing. Um, they provide such great support and it's been so much fun with them. So they still believe in what I can do and what I you know, can, can improve on, which, which is huge. Just to have folks that like, even when you're not racing well for a race or for a block, they're like, we, we know what you're capable of and they give you the space to continue figuring out um, your voice in, in the race. No, that I think that's very special. And it's like, it's kind of unheard of in cycling. Like you, mm. you have some bad races. You can might as well just go ahead and fuck yourself off. Cause it's like, mm. there's no chance that there's no chance that you're going to last too long in the sport. If you're not pulling results or helping pull results and that are you bringing in sponsors, right? Like it's just like, never-ending circle in cycling and so mm -hmm. that being said so like with the with the resume things because it sounds like you now this makes a little bit more sense to me it sounds like you saw value in how to sell yourself mm -hmm. and be like hey this is who i am and like i understand that my you know my results may say one thing but here's who i actually am and because mm -hmm. like i've ran a team for uh quite a while and uh the amount of fucking emails that i get where i'm kind of like this is interesting like this is how you this is how you want a spot on the team mm -hmm. like this is the first impression i'm getting of you like you have you have no results and this is the first thing you send me is hey i want to ride for the team and that's it that's all mm -hmm. i get it's not who are you why do you want to ride for the team why should i even give you the time of day and and they get upset if you don't respond or if you know you don't follow up but it's like kind of that halfway medium so like what was your what was your i guess what was your intention uh with these for the women especially like the cat three women i thought that was really neat it's like trying to help them find teams but also learn to build their resume so what was your kind of your intention with that kind of program or the thing that you started well i think it's really hard to sell yourself. It's hard to say nice things about yourself a lot of the time, especially when we're in a sport that really prizes paper results and doing all these other things. Part of selling yourself or being quote marketable, which are all gross, disgusting terms that make you sound like some fucking product or whatever. Right. But like, yeah, but you like, kind of are, you kind of are a billboard in some right. regard. 
But like, yeah. here's what it is. Like, you don't have to just be a billboard, right? You can be useful in other ways. You're creating a more dynamic person because you are a dynamic person. You have, there are, there is more to you than power numbers, than paper results, than all this other shit, right? So like, like, uh, I really like to connect with people. I'm good at, you know, speaking and sharing my thoughts and sharing my journey. And so I'm like, it's not just that I'm a strong rider. It's not just that I'm this or that to the team, but like you make yourself a more interesting person by just being yourself and showing all those other parts. Absolutely. Um, and so I, uh, I'm a professional writer or writer by profession, I guess would maybe be a better way to phrase it. Uh, and, yeah. and it's also a natural ability that I have. And so uh, when I hear friends that are looking for a team or this and that, I'd be like, Hey, like, let me look over your resume. And I would always edit to look for grammar and like try to help them say nicer things about themselves. I had a really great coach. My first coach, Brian Lewis, he used mm -hmm. to ride for silence actually with Justin Williams. He was part of that lead out train a couple years ago. And he helped me. I mean, I, Cycling resumes are so much different than academic, than, than career resumes. Like, again, because you have to sell yourself in multiple ways, especially if you're not winning every single race, right? So yeah, he really helped me. He gave me all of these tools. And I just felt, I'm like, man, I need to, he wasn't even charging me at that point. So I'm like, man, I need to like pass this goodwill on. And so since for the past like a couple of years, I've been editing resumes and helping people out. And I was you know, a couple months ago, I was sitting here and I was like, I wonder why so many people need help. And then I was like, well, I don't think that there's any resources. Like, I don't know of any place where I could just go to and like access that. No one's talking about this. It's almost like taboo. And like, what I really think it is, and it's not just our sport, it's other industries as well. But when you keep people in the dark on shit, like, uh, you know, contracts, you know, how to get on a team when you, when you hide that information, um, you can, well, I think it's two things. I think that, you know, some teams can have more control over you, right? Because you don't know what you're missing out on and you don't know how to advocate for yourself because you have no other comparisons and you're too afraid to ask because resources yeah. are slim. And then to piggyback off of that, other racers are sometimes apprehensive and helping because resources are slim because, well, if, if I help that person, then they're going to get the spot on the team that I want. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I think it's two things. I think like two, it's like, when does it become overkill? Mm. Like I'm literally making a resume to ride for a team that I'm probably not going to get paid to be on and borderline mm -hmm. may have to pay to be on. And mm -hmm. in all reality, you kind of do have to pay to be on some majority mm -hmm. of the teams. And so it's mm -hmm. like, what the fuck, you know? And, and then when I'm writing this resume, I don't have any results. And so what am I going to put? Like I got ninth at my local crit and then I got, you know, 10th at this. And like, I've seen, mm -hmm. I've seen some interesting resumes that being said, like I've, you know, I had one that came through that was like, it, it made me aware of what their teammates won. So it was like, they didn't finish, um, but their teammate won. Mm -hmm. And then when I went back to like, kind of check it out, like to see why, um, it wasn't, it wasn't what I saw. Like, I didn't see that. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's one thing it's like, oh, Hey, you know, I was a part of this lead out train and yada, yada, yada. Here's, here's some facts on that. 
it was just like, Hey, my teammate won and I was a helping teammate, I guess, cause they were in payout, but mm. you know, if they would have left that part out and I didn't have to go do some research on it, like it, my, my opinion may have been different, but it's mm. like, when I hear that, it's just like, okay. Um, mm. yeah, we don't understand what helping is for a teammate yet. And so like, right, right. there's, there's some, there's some things with resumes that are interesting. And I've also seen like, you know, um, like I've gotten people's FTPs and you know what they can do for five minutes, but it's like part of me is like, well, you're showing me what you can do on a watt bike or whatever the fuck, and mm. you know you've never done this. I've had, and this is, this, I just more or less want to put this out here while people are listening. Mm. Like if you're gonna ask me to be on the team, and you don't own a track bike, like would you ever ask a road team to be on the team and not own a road bike? And it's not, it's no hard feelings, it's no qualms. And I'd love to give you the advice of how to get into it and how to do it. And I, th- I believe in it, but it's not like I'm made of track bikes. And so yeah. it's, a, it's an interesting game to play with, right? Well, I think this, all of this is part of the problem. We, we, it's an expensive sport and you feel like yeah. you need to be on a team to really succeed. And also it's an Instagram sport. So you think that you need to be on a team to succeed. Like there's a lot of different pressures and thoughts that go into it where I think people send out resumes and calls to action out of desperation. And I've been there. Do you know what I mean? Like people just yeah. want some kind of foot in the door. And I think that if we have better tools for people to utilize and more people talking about their experience, then they can realize like, okay, maybe, maybe I need to get a track bike and have some experience on the track before I'm like, John, put me on your team. I'm going to be an asshole. I'm going to be an asshole. I got to do, I got to do it. Like, I think my thing is, is that the the intentions are wrong Mm. like i don't think a team is your end all be all Mm -hmm. and i think that's like if i can get that point across like i'm gonna do it and i i want that to be very clear like how did you end up on butcher box you took a year to yourself almost Mm -hmm. like you had to find yourself and i think a lot of people think that that's the ticket Mm-hmm. like if I could just get on this crit team like and race all these races and not have to pay for them, then boom, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Or if I could just get paid, then boom, I'm in. If I could just get on Legion, then boom, I'm in. Like they're not all they're cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the, I, I've done it. I've been on the team. That's the, the team. We won mm-hmm. speed week. Like I did it. I watched it happen. And I wasn't good enough to be on that team when I was on that team and I wasn't, I wasn't enjoying it. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot of that is it comes into, to learning too. It's a, it's a big learning thing. And so like, yeah, you can get on these teams and you can find your way to get onto these teams. But I just, I think, I think understanding that that's not like, make sure your intentions are right. Like if, Yes. If if you're looking for that next team for the next best bike or the next best image and the next best helmet or what clothing mm. and allotment or pay pay paid and like that's the big one. Like, you know, this team's gonna pay me X and this team's not gonna pay me anything. Like I can tell you right now, there's teams that I would ride for for free again that I wouldn't you couldn't pay me to ride on. 
yeah. like uh, other another team. Like it's just it's just that like I I think that needs to be clear and like that's one thing I want to get across in this podcast and I think that mm. that's where I valued your resume um thing is because it was kind of like finding intention for the team. Like where's where's the value that you bring to the team? Why do you want to be on the team? And like cuz I can find out in about 20 minutes why people like if they're going to ever work with me or not Mm -hmm. and that usually has to go with it usually has to go with well what if i give you x what would you provide y Mm -hmm. and it it, depending on where that conversation goes it's usually when i can kind of give the answer of whether or not i want to continue it Mm-hmm. And like, even if that means I'm going to give them a spot or not, it's just like, I can tell like, oh, this is going to be a short conversation. Like mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, it's like, well, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I want to do this for me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, you've lost the team aspect. That's such an important point. And I, full disclosure, am very naive. I always think that everyone has good intentions and this is true and it's completely genuine. Um, So, but this is a very good point. You know, I think that, and that's actually, this isn't the reason why I made the most recent post talking about, okay, so you sent out the resume, you used the template, you you followed up, you did all the things. And then goose egg, no, everyone said no anyways. What do you do, right? Um, Because sometimes it happens even when your intentions are good, right? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, there's just, you know, I, I didn't get into UVA, University of Virginia. It took me two years to get a job there, right? But I got into NYU, which, no offense to anyone, is an objectively better school, right? But they were yeah. looking for a person like me at that time. Who knows? It could be reversed if I went to apply there now, right? So who knows what people are looking for, but also who cares? If you're unable to find a team in that moment, then it's like, okay, like, we're going to people need to learn the art of the pivot. Okay. Yeah. This is okay. Now it doesn't have to be even a plan B. It's like, let's turn the page and do something else. And, and I, you know, it sounds, you know, privileged. I hate that word, but to say like, Oh, just save up some money and then you can do it. I I fully realize what a commitment and a sacrifice trying to race on your own is. Um, But sometimes I think that it is really beneficial to have that kind of scrappiness in your background. And and that puts, that is what, that's the framework that you can get your intentions. That's where it all is is born from. Uh, If you have that year of trying to scrape it together, pulling a guest spot here and there, like, like making a name for yourself on your own, on your terms, that's where you learn how to be, not just a good bike racer or a bike racer in general, but a person. So I think that was kind of that 2020 year, you know, it was forced on me to take a break. I would have tried to force racing anyways and probably would have absolutely quit. Um, But I was forced to take a year to, to say, all right, what do I really want to do? And I only, I try to give myself two options at all times. Cause if you have too many options, then you become even more paralyzed. So my two options were make it fun again or quit. And I decided to make it fun again. So now yeah. before a race, if my two options are nervous or excited, I choose excited. Why would I choose the negative option? So I think that people, instead of 
being discouraged by not getting on a team. You ask yourself, what is the reverse option of that to make the best of this situation? Because who the downside is the downside is the downside is I think people are making the option of I either get on a team or I quit. And like, that's what I'm saying is the so wrong intentions. It's like, well, because that's people who are in this sport for money. Are you out of your fucking mind? Like if you yeah. have to be in this sport because, because you have that special, special mental disorder that all of this seems fun to you, right? Like it's dangerous. It's expensive. It's all these things, but it's also, there's a poetry to it and it's you're there's a community to it. There's all these other wonderful things, right? So if you're able to turn off your brain to those negative, of things uh or 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 spin all those things into a positive um then you're able to continue going forward but when you set ultimatums like that uh that are based on on intentions that don't have sturdy foundations then i think you're right i think you're not long for this sport uh, the other the other downside of this whole fucking sport is um it, it's not it's not the right thing but it's it's kind of like it's kind of like when your dad would look at you and was like back in my day and it's like, mm -hmm. it's really fucked. And so it's like, you have this like, well, back in my day, we never got paid, you know, or back in my day, we never got bikes or back when I was on the team, we never got this. And it's like, so you shouldn't, or you should have to work for it, which, you know, the grumpy old man in me is like, kind of like, well, you should have to work for it. But like, I, there was some shit that I got handed, like hundred percent got handed to me. Like, mm -hmm there were some times and things that got handed to me. Like the opportunity that I had with Texas roadhouse was handed to me, mm. I think. And, and, you know, the, some of the, some of the, some of the, uh, team pursuit stuff and camps, like I was honestly right place, right time. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's kind of how that worked. And I never said no. And I took advantage of opportunities. Um, you never said no. That's, yeah. that's another important thing. You have to say yes to the things that even scare you and make you uncomfortable. Continue for sure. No, 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 for sure. And like, that's another thing. It's like, but like 90 and, and the, here's the, here's where I'm going with this whole thing. It's like, I'm still like, I'm no longer in the cycling world in that mm -hmm. realm, but you know, I'm still in a lot of debt from making shit happen. Like mm -hmm. there was, you know, I created my own teams when there was no team. So when there wasn't no team, I made my own teams. And now I've put myself in a position where I don't have to ride for another team. I just, I make my own team. Like I, I do it myself mm -hmm. and, and, and I've, it's been cool. Cause like I've found myself in places where it's like, oh shit, well, you know, John, do you want to ride for X team? And it was a pretty good team. And it was like, well, actually no, because it's the lateral move. Like I can mm -hmm. literally choose what I can do when I want to do it, how I want to do it. But I know that that's going to last for a year. I know this could last for as long as I want it to. It's whenever I decide that I want to stop it. And so I think people listening, like when you're creating a resume, maybe start to create a sponsorship deck instead. Mm -hmm. um, maybe start to create uh, a pitch deck, you know, because you essentially are pitching yourself mm -hmm. to a team. And yeah, it gets cagey, it gets dicey. But again, everybody everybody looks for the next best team. So there was a chance when nobody, there was a time where nobody wanted to be on best buddies. Mm -hmm. And now I think a ton of people would kill for that opportunity, but it doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And then Legion Miami blazers, you know, there's a time where Legion, like I remember it was like, it was just Corey. It was just mm -hmm. Justin and nobody gave a fuck. And then 
they had the blank Rafa kits. Then it started getting kind of interesting. And then, uh, you know, they're taking pictures with Ferraris and now everybody wants to be a part of that shit. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's an image thing. And so it's, yeah, I think, you know, nobody, there was a time where nobody wanted to be a part of the Cheney windows and doors. There's no time when nobody wanted to be a part of butcher box. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's so many, there's so many of these things. And so it's like, also remember that when you're applying to a team, like it could be the next team, especially if you make it that. Mm-hmm. I think that two things, first off to address, you know, I talked about future tripping, the folks who are in the past, the cynicism that is in our sport, Fuck. you know, people don't want to believe, like if something new comes up, people are just immediately want to throw doubt. Like it's, I think there's a lot of like fear, like trigger reactions um, yeah. cause I think all of us as racers have been through some shit. If you've been in the sport for a while and comparatively, I haven't been to a lot of people. Um, but I think, and, and then also to say, you know, sometimes you're the team on top and then all of a sudden you're not like it, the yeah. tides change so quickly. Um, and so I think that's again, where the intentions and knowing yourself as a person really come into play because you really just have to operate in this moment. You can only manage things as they are and as they come. You can have all kinds of expectations. They're super nice. You get to control them because they live in your fucking head, okay? But like in reality, you really don't have control over how they turn out. So what do you do? You don't just join because this is the hottest new thing. You don't just do this because some crabby old man who got dropped out of, you know, Athens in 30 minutes is talking about, well, back in my day, they, you know, people yeah. race with respect and all this. Shut the fuck up. Like yeah. this is what we're working with right now. And talking about the past isn't going to do something. And then getting lost in what you hoped or thought it would be isn't going to do anything either. So I think that people just need to, to exist in the moment as it is. And if you have a sense of self and if you know what you want uh, out of life and out of the sport, then you won't be as, as affected by all these externalities that can really make things difficult because you'll have to, you'll, you know, the devil and the angel on your shoulder telling you to do two different things and, and it just muddies all the water. Well, that being said, I'm about to fucking give you a curveball especially before we end it for the night but i want to give you a curveball um ncl mm-hmm. what's your thoughts why are, like i mean i'm hearing i'm hearing it going 10 ways to sunday like i'm hearing oh, big man. Contract i hear a offers. new story every day it's pretty yeah. exciting i mean big look, contract I offers of, all kinds of shit yeah i mean i have a lot of friends who are who are joining it i don't want to see them fail i don't want to see them sign contracts that that don't come to fruition so like you know i as a friend i might get a little bit nervous because it all seems very new and it's getting put together quickly um this did exist back in the 80s if you want like to go down a fun youtube rabbit hole they do have some you know uh event videos from ncl uh events from like 1985 or whatever Uh, I think that the idea is really cool and I don't want to see anything that would bring our sport down, right? Like if, if the NCL is successful, then I think it uplifts our sport even more. Right. Um, 
that being said, if there is shady shit going on and it's not successful, then it, it then it hurts everyone. Right. So um, I have to trust that, you know, my friends who are joining the leagues, the teams that the league have formed have done their homework. And I definitely know at least one friend who really did. And it seems like all the financial backing checks out if they can make good on the other promises. You know, I really, really hope so. And it sounds like it could be new races and a new level of racing and a new kind of racing. So that would be really interesting. So of course I want to race in Miami. That sounds awesome. So like, you know, I, I would like to see those things. Be did you talk to them? I did talk to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How'd it go? You just didn't feel it or they didn't feel you like, what was the vibe? Can we bring this out? Am I, am I putting you on the spot right now? No, you're not putting me on the spot. Oh, okay. uh, I talked to Reed and he seemed really nice. And, you know, he has a lot of really big ideas, which I think is exciting. Um, I, it's, it's a balance of how much risk you want to take. I think if let's say, and I'm not, it's not to speak poorly on the riders who have joined, but from my perspective in that moment, it was like, hmm, you know, if I was kind of on my way out, like, oh man, let's just sign the contract and see if that money clears. Like that'd be cool to at least get a couple checks. And then it's like one season and I can kind of roll the dice and take that risk. But that so check, mm-hmm. that check, and I don't know how much you made and I don't want to put you on the spot with this, yeah. mm-hmm. but that check would probably be more than you've made in the last three seasons with Butcher Box. I mean, butcher box. It's it's more than I make at the University of Virginia as a salaried employee. That's what I'm um, saying. Like, so, and but listen, so, hey, but listen, Mazel Tov. You know what I mean? They have financial <laughs> backing for that. That's amazing. I want my friends to get paid. Yeah. Bitch, buy me dinner. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, yeah. I want this to happen. I was just thinking. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I really do like butcher box. I feel like I've helped create something with this women's team. Um, we have a lot of fresh faces coming onto the team as well. And so like, I think that's really exciting. And so I'm like, I want to be a part of that a little bit longer. That seemed like a, like a better long-term plan for me or the, or the extension of a long-term plan that I've already had in place. And I'm all about risk, baby. You've seen me race. Like I'm always off the front rolling dice, doing all of that. But every once in a while, there's just a risk where you're like, I don't, now I don't feel like taking it. Do you know what I mean? And you're yeah. allowed to say no just as much as you're allowed to say yes. So, you know, again, you know, I have friends that are joining it. I, I want it. I, I can gossip about how some things seem a little off, how their social media seems absolutely insane and makes me laugh. I yeah. have heard they've gotten rid of the original person who was doing it, which makes me happy and sad because I thought it was very funny. But Um, you know, people try to create things all the time and people try to all the same snuff it out because maybe they're uncomfortable with their own thing. Um, and I think more people trying to create in this space and try to bring money and eyes to it. I mean, crit racing is fun, you know, and I think that it has an American appeal, but like no one really watches it. So it'd be cool if people like gave a shit. Yeah, no, and so I, I think that's a good answer. I was just curious where you landed on that. And then it's been crazy. Uh, my <laughs> second to last question for you mm-hmm. is uh have you ever heard of team track? Do you ever hear of that? Have you ever heard of that? Uh uh-uh. so there was there was a team track where this uh Chawner, David Chawner, Chawner, Mike Chawner, Chawner. I, was, <laughs> I don't know his like uh, first name, but uh-huh. anyways. He 
he is essentially out of Pennsylvania or whatever, but he tried to start this track league uh-huh. and they paid bukus, but they did one event and it was like, like you essentially could make like two grand in a week or something like that. It was like to race. It was just really more or less in a weekend, right? Mm-hmm. It was like there was start pay and it was this whole thing. And yeah, they did one event and then it's essentially been ever since that one event in 2016, they've still been sending out emails about how it's going to start back up, how they're making tracks. And so it again, unfortunately, this is the the old man in me coming out where it's like, mm-hmm. well, back in my day, back in my day, you know, these leagues have popped up um these you know and and no offense to justin but like Mm -hmm. it's like where's their league you know and 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 man i'll give it anything that shit's hard you know yeah and i get that everything i get that and so right you fall into this you fall into this like wormhole with that right Mm -hmm. you fall into the wormhole of like well justin where you at and then it's like well fuck mate he started two teams and one women's team and and but they're actually funded to a point where they're successfully backed and no one's folding and no one's struggling it's not they're it's growing not like, yeah it's not like they rushed it but they're growing maybe not at the pace that we all want them to grow at because we need that if that makes any sense it's so it's it's and so i'm playing the devil's advocate while also trying to appreciate what's going on in that space because it's like okay well you have you know the miami Cause I think in theory, like that's, I think Reed comes from that, from Legion. I think, I think he was one of their finance guys as I understand. Yeah. And I know I can't get into, I, I can't get either one of them on to talk about it. Cause there's probably like NDAs or all kinds of bullshit, but mm-hmm. it'd be so cool to figure out where, who, who fucked up where and wh- mm-hmm. who's mad at who, because I'd love to know what's the intention behind all this and like is it actually healthier is it actually good for the sport but anyways that's probably podcast for a different day so yeah um, i would just say you know i can't speak to any of that but i i find that and it's it's just occurring to me now hearing you lay it out in just that way we have such a propensity in this sport to to pick one thing, one race series, one team, one person, and try to make them both the hero and the villain, like at the same time. And it's insane. Like we want Justin Williams to fucking save cycling. But if he, if he messes up as as he tries to figure out this insane task that we have bestowed on his shoulders. Right. And like, if he messes up just one iota, that's it. You know, like, can you imagine? And he's still like, fuck it. I'm going to try it anyways. Like that's pretty commendable. You know what I mean? I, I don't know and how like, he does like, it. I really and, don't. And, and who's to say how this NCL thing will work out. Are we trying to do a similar thing with a hero and a villain? I would like to just know some more information, before, you know, before I make that call, because I don't, I see when I, when people say it looks shady, I see what they're talking about. I don't know if I have enough information to, to say the same, but I just think it's a big I, promise for a uh, very little out word, you know, given like yeah. essentially to create that many teams with that much money. And this is how much backing you have. And mm-hmm. you're going to blow your money in two years and then be done. 
I mean, sounds like most cycling teams, unfortunately. I mean, the the long-term plans for a lot of teams haven't, I mean, it is hard. Sponsors come in, they come out, like it's all very fleeting, which which is difficult and tough because yeah, we are billboards for all of these companies, but like sometimes I wonder what the benefit they are truly getting because I won't see like a lot of interaction, let's say with the team and their sponsors, like the sponsors resharing a team stuff, for example. And so I wonder like, you know, it all seems we have to make the best of what we have in the moment while also trying to have a plan to be sustainable in the future. And it just seems like one big win could knock it all down. So if this new league could bring in some more secure financial backing so that we don't all have to act like, like scavengers, like a bunch of raccoons every year trying to like scrape up money to do something, uh, that'd be really cool. Yeah. The only downside is it might push people out. And so, but anyways, we have to, we have to see what happens as fingers crossed, you know, but anyways, um, Last question before I let you go. If mm-hmm. you could have a cup of coffee with one individual that are alive, who would that individual be? And then how would you take your coffee and why? Oh my God. Oh shit. Uh, yeah, you're on the spot. Dead or alive? Dead or alive. Anyone. Anyone. They don't have to be famous or. No, no, no. It could be your uncle that you never met. I don't know. I'm just. Man, like, yeah. I mean. Be... I have to be honest. It had, you know, it was just my dad's birthday recently, and he passed away uh, a long time ago. And I would love to just have coffee with him, you know, and because he up. loved cycling so much, and he would think this is the most insane shit ever. Like how cool this is yeah. that I'm out here doing that. Um, and we, uh, there was like this special like French vanilla coffee that we would get in this little tin and we would just make it out of like our $10, like Walmart, like coffee mate pot. So I think I would have, and he only broke it out on like special occasions. So I would want that coffee with him just to, you know, talk about bikes. No, that'd be sick. Well, anyways, Paige, thank you for coming on the coffee and van chance podcast. Really appreciate it. Guys, if you haven't already, please make sure you go check out Paige's Instagram down in the description below. Also, if you are thinking of writing a resume, applying to a team, you have any questions, and this goes for anyone, um, don't hesitate to reach out to either one of us, actually. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. depending on who you are, I might just send you to Paige, but um, that, yes. and, and how that's going. And like, because Paige obviously can do it better than I can. But if you have any <laughs> questions, don't, don't hesitate. Um, it's definitely an open space. I know I sounded like a prick earlier, but it's more or less like trying to put some thoughts in your guys's head before you just go out and type an info at email and say, Hey, I want to be a part of your program Mm -hmm. because your, your first email means a lot. And so if you can, if you can get across with some pizzazz, it Mm -hmm. might make a difference. But anyways, guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Peace. 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 Pois Pois, 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 pois,